With this review, I could say in two words, it's great, and then call it a day, but that would not explain overall what Jizz's second album Liquid Swords meant to me, but I was just six years old when this album came out. Liquid Swords released on November 7, 1995, I didn't really listen to the Wu-Tang Clan until Wu-Tang Forever. So, when I think about this album, the RZA and his dirty beats that were made to match Jizz's words and the way his rhymes fell on a beat and skipped rope around any MC who came around him. His original name was Gangsta G but spelled J-Z-Z-A, on the credits for Protect Your Neck. Born in Brooklyn, New York, August 22, in an interview with The Guardian, he explains his inspiration thoroughly, writing for me really started in the 70s as a young child. I used to read a lot of nursery rhymes, and I learned a lot of those rhymes word for word. I would go to an aunt's house, and she would let me play music, and she had the last Poets album. At that time, albums didn't have explicit stickers on them, so some of the songs had profanity on them, and I was moved by that. I would listen to those songs, to the flow, and I'd balance it back and forth with the nursery stuff I had. A year later I moved to Staten Island, from Brooklyn. I had a few DJs in my neighborhood that would play music in the streets. There was no hip-hop yet, there were just DJs that were playing disco, funk and pop music, and we would gather round, go to the parks and dance and enjoy ourselves. I would often take trips from Staten Island to the South Bronx, which is originally the first place of hip-hop. I was only around 11 years old, and sometimes Arzia would come with me. The DJs and MCs there were way more advanced than the neighborhood I was coming from. It was just a culture that I was moved by, and I knew that was my calling. What makes Jizza powerful is the lyrics he espouses on each track. On some tracks you can hear a young boy talking, and the dialogue is taken directly from the dub of Lone Wolf and Cub. In the most famous of his lyrics, he pontificates. Fake niggas get flipped. In Mike fights I swing swords and cut clowns. Shit is too swift to bite you record and write it down. I flow like the blood on a murder scene, like a syringe on some wild out shit, to insert a fiend. The visuals he employs is a staple of Jizz's wordplay and he was nicknamed The Genius, by his first album, Words from the Genius. Truly, if this was the first real rhymes on Jizz's debut album, it was only a blessing because this is like reading a crime novel, as it's being told from countless hours of perfection, as it was supposed to represent how words can create visuals. The second track, Duel of the Iron Mike includes two of the Wu-Tang members, Master Killa and Inspected Deck, but the opening from Jizza is almost as synonymous with the way the Wu-Tang built up their cache of lyrics, but also was the foundation of every single member to step up their game post-36 Chambers album. Picture bloodbaths and elevator shafts. Like these murderous rhymes type from Genuine Craft. Check the print, it's where veterans spark the letterings. Slow-moving MCs is waiting for the editing. The liquid soluble that made up the chemistry. A gaseous element, that burned down your ministry herbal vapors, and biblical papers. Smoke in exodus, every yard too is plush. Fuck the screw-faced photo session's facial expression. Leaves impressions, try to keep a shark nigga guessin'. It's where each rhyme at the end of his sentence that the rhyme, should be a half-syllable, but the way each word is meant to complement each other at the end, without being lazy, as most rappers might do today. It's almost a rise as the first track is meant to introduce Jizza, but Duel of the Iron Mike, with Master Killa and Inspector Deck, allows him to set the pace of the track. What the third track living in the world today does is allow you to be caught off guard by the beat. Rizzo was working at master levels, as he captured so much of the sound and funk that you would hear in New York City. The kind of persuasive beat-making skills that would take someone 20 years to learn. According to the Wu manual, Rizzo used an emulator SP-122 where Bring the Pain was made on that machine. 
Ansonic EPS and an Ansonic EPS 16 Plus were also Riz's equipment at the time. Jizz's lyrics were some of the finest at the time, as the mixture of the words covered over the grimy beats were some of the best that Jizza could offer. Upon its release no one had heard anything like Jizza as his lyrical proficiency made sure that each syllable was used to take up most of the bar, or lyrical line. My rhyme grossweight vehicle combination. Was too heavy for the Chevys as chased out the station. When you look at the first two lines it's here where you see Jizza's storytelling techniques amplified, as what would combine some very difficult word play for any other rapper, makes you see that no line is wasted. Double-edged at the first line would complement the rhyme at the second line where it ends at unleaded shit. Double-edged was the guillotine that beheaded it. Gassed up, fucking with some regular unleaded shit. Gassed up is used it's to allow some momentary breathing room, to counter the compound sentence scheme, making it a tightrope, fucking with some regular unleaded shit. You can see that with this phrase almost creates a closed-in line that provides a closed-in rhyme, almost layered. The fourth track, Gold, does provide some solid lyrical wordplay, as it does provide more proof that Jizza is constantly thinking. Jizza, as he does provide some great narrative techniques to the rhyme, as this is what makes Jizza and his technique, but the most poignant rhyme that can be examined is here. It's mandatory that I supply all my troops with mega firearms. Big apes and spread them out like crops on a farm. To get cream, sometimes they repaint the scene. Let's break this down. These three lines represent how each word in the lyrics are rhymes bouncing off one another. Mandatory jumps onto the line spread M out as mega firearms reflects farm in the second line. What is best to point out is that what you see in these lines is that the syllables are interwoven, as the cream rhymes with scene closing off the first two lines that spent so much time carrying so many words with half the complexity. It's not complex at first because Jizza does this so effortlessly that you don't really listen or study the lyrics the first time. The fifth track is one of the most defining songs of the Liquid Swords album, and the most popular song that everyone knows. Cold World is to me, a track that gives Jizza the lyrical credibility he deserves. I can say that on Cold World is where we hear Inspector Deck's storytelling capabilities too. What doesn't surprise me is that Jizza, for someone who has accomplished so much, the track still resonates as while the opening from Lone Wolf and Cub gives us more context to Cold War it provides the mindset of Riz's influences on the track. While the track lyrically follows a simple pattern, the simplicity behind Jizz's lyrics prove that his half-short twice strong way of rhyming is no different than romantic poets who didn't use big words in order to make their point known. He seems to repeat a closed-in rhyme, as he repeats compound rhymes repeated within each line. There's so many lines to quote, and it's often the song most Jizza fans remember. Around the fifth track, you start to hear what the rest of the album will turn into, as many who were just listening to it, maintain the strength of the album, is the crux of both Jizza and Dex's rhyme scheme. What this track represents is the 90s, and how grimy beats and storytelling lyrics were so popular, and many could learn from Jizza's technique. Much of his lyrics do follow the pattern around the examples I have brought that are a bridge to what the rest of the album can sound like. Much of the first few lines from the five tracks are a story that do create a tension, and mood that can put the listener into the world of Jizza's lyrics laced with Riz's beats that give Jizza his place among the greatest lyrical MCs that many would try to copy. The opening, by far, is one of the best opening bars in the entirety of hip-hop, other than Inspector Deck's opening for Triumph. It was the night before New Year's, and all through the fucking projects. Not a handgun was silent, not even a tech. Outside as I'm stuck, by enemies who put fear. And blasted on the spot before the pigs were dare. You know Hood's robber snipers new in sight, fuck blue and white. They escape before them flash the fucking lights. What is important is the delivery, 
as the openings of Jizz's bars on Liquid Sword set a precedent for hip-hop and rap, since its inception. Even here, we see that his words are merely just another outlook on life that no other rapper has done. It's not stringing words along together. It's about balance. Byron seems to be what I see most in Jizza, as both Jizza and Lord Byron are economical poets, both separated by time and distance, but the poetry of the two men are what make these two seem so alike, as 90s rappers are known to place rhyme and words in the same lines. With the sixth track, Labels, we hear Rizza remark, you got to read the labels. Because if you don't read warning labels you will die. Labels are what we see on milk cartons. But not on labels. Labels don't tell you they are going to give you a shitty deal. If there was any possibility of that, no one would make art, but if that did happen, you have to read the contracts. Label starts out with a signature jizzle line. Tommy ain't my motherfucking boy. When you fake moves on a nigga you employ. We'll all emerge off your set, now you know goddamn. I show living large niggas how to flip a def jam. This song originates on Jizz's and Riz's early career in the music industry. Jizz's first album, Words from the Genius, signed to Cold Chillin' and Rizza, then performing as Prince Rakim, Tommy Boy, were dropped after poor sales. Such is the nature of the entertainment business, but Jizza crafted labels as a reminder of how corrupt the industry can be. Naming famous companies that don't care about artists and what they need to be happy and maintain a career. The song does illustrate how Jizza can take lines like, Jizza is not really a punchline master, but his rhymes did reflect the thought he put into it. What is interesting is to study the rhymes, the soft comedian rap shit ain't the rough witty, on the reel to reel it wasn't from a tough city, niggas be game, thinking that they lyrical surgeons. They know they microphone's a virgin, and if you ain't bone a mic you couldn't hurt a bee. That's like going to Venus driving a Mercury. While this passage represents the Jizza's prowess, the rhyme is not overly impressive, since the fifth track represented a crescendo, as we are journeying through Jizz's world and what it means to be an MC in early 1990s New York. In the early 90s, gaining reputation is through battling and making a name for themselves. But that's almost like sword work for a MC, and sharpening his mind and sword for rap was like learning insults, and how to form it on a beat. Jizza is not really known for being a punchline master, but his rhymes do reflect the thought he put into it, that do make. What is interesting is to study the rhymes, you can see the progression of the lyrical weight attached to each line. The seventh track, Fourth Chamber, is different because this does open up with the Wu-Tang Clan members doing their best to create a mood and atmosphere, and while the clan do an excellent job, they are merely saving the best for last when Jizza arrives, the banks of G, all cream downs of vet money feed good, opposites off the set as he makes his prescience known, as his wealth represents the strength for veterans. It ain't hard to see, my seeds need God degree I got mouths to feed, as he speaks of what his children need out of the world with knowledge for the mind, body and soul, unnecessary beef is more cows to breed while speaking about the enemies he may face in the world, when it comes to his experience with competition. As an aside, God, when said by the Wu-Tang clan are represented by black men and women believing they are gods, from the nation of five percenters. Created by Clarence 13x, he narrowed down the tenets of Islam, as it broke away to help the people become righteous and use logic over emotion. The eighth track, Shadow Boxin', presents a beat that is often more associated with jazz, as it's meant to help provide a cadence for both Method Man and Jizza. Method Man, in his earliest days, was developing his taste for the commercial medium. But Jizza, as he is the smartest member of the clan, form like Voltron he would be the head as it provided Jizza takes his time, marinating his lyrics over Riz's beat. As an aside, the beat, if you hear it, it does present how much of his style would be then later copied by other well-known producers. Sampling is part of the hip-hop and rap producing community.
The beats are not meant to go on forever, like a guitar solo would present a way to build tension with the singing. Much like Rage Against the Machines guitars were almost akin to a scratching needle on a record. Method Man does provide much of the template for his release, as it is rather different for Method Man. Method Man is deliberately rhyming slowly, as it's almost like he follows the kick of the drum with the beat he's rhyming over. But it's Jizza who does illustrate much of the clan's origins when it comes to their background in battling MCs I slayed MCs back in the rec room era as he does provide some insight to other MCs who don't get it check these non-visual niggas with tapes and a portrait as he uses rhymes like a gun before I use the rhyme riz a scratch off the serial. It's a track that upon hearing it repeatedly, the rhymes were perfected as much of the second half of the album is pitched to represent someone taking a shower. Like Jizz is trying to impress us because Method Man would become the face of the group for the first half of the clan's career. The ninth track, Kill a Hill slash 10304, goes back to Jizz's importance as a storyteller. I would argue that without Jizz's storytelling skills that carries the world of Shaolin within his rhymes, most of the clan would not have made it past their first albums. Restaurants on a stakeout so order the food to take out chaos, outside a spark steakhouse that's back to the grungy gritty beats Liquid Swords is remembered by. The rhymes detailing a deal gone wrong, as it's almost from the hitmen who are doing the job that a deal gone bad. Maintain the power, I feel the deal's gone sour nigga miss the wedding, late a fucking half hour Jizza paints a portrait that continues to detail his own sordid world of filth that from a bystander would take his crime thriller with fiction level quality. And his man who bought land from Tony Starks while he was contracting bricklaying jobs in city parks. Ghostface Killa would take on the moniker of Tony Starks, as that would carry his career for 25 years. I'm going to skip over the 10th track as I am not interested in that track as much, as the track flexes Ghost Face Killa, and the 11th track is not my favorite, but the most important rhymes from Jizza are not found on there. These two songs are not bad but do not reflect the strength of Jizza's lyrical swordplay. It's almost like hitting tennis balls for him. The 12th track, I Gotcha Back, is probably one of the most notable of Jizza's songs in his timeline. The first stanza of Jizza's lyrics prove that much of the criminal aspect he was building up to, is leading to the twelfth track, and the stanza is presented in full. I was always taught my do's and don'ts. For do's I did, and for don'ts, I said I won't. I'm from Brooklyn, a place where stars are born. Streets are shot up, apartment buildings are torn. And ripped up, stripped up, shacked up and backed up. From fiends, cause the bosses on the scene, they got it cracked up. Kids are slinging in my lobby. Little Steve and Bobby getting paid but it's a life-threatening hobby. Yeah, they still play hide-and-seek. The fiends seek for the crack, and they hide and let the cops peep. Grown folks say they should be out on their own. Before the gangs come and blow up their mom's home. Because they lifestyle is hectic, so fucking hectic. Blau. 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 Bullets are ejected. My lifestyle was so far from well. Could've wrote a book with a title age 12 and going through hell. Then I realized the plan. I'm trapped in a deadly video game, with just one man. So I don't only watch my back, I watch my front. Cause it's the niggas who front, they be pulling stunts. Back on the Ave of Livonia and Bristol with a pistol. Sticking up Pamela and Crystal. You know your town is dangerous when you see the strangest. Kid come home from doing the bit and nothing changes. What is the meaning of crime, what? Is it criminals robbing innocent motherfuckers every time? Little shorties take walks to the schoolyard. Trying to solve the puzzles to why is life so hard. Then as soon as they reach the playground, blow. Shouts ring off and now one of them lay down. It's so hard to escape the gunfire. I wish I could rule it out like an umpire.
but it's an everlasting game, and it never ceased to exist. Only the players change, so. What we see from this paragraph is that somehow, the rhyme is like a threaded barrel in a gun. The lyrics are tight and they bounce off the next line, as the syllables prove they are providing a dance, as someone would move their hips on the dance floor, except he's using words to produce the inflection in his voice too. Now, I won't be covering the 13th track B-I-B-L-E or basic instructions before leaving Earth because Jizza does not appear on the track at all. I would probably discuss that alone, since it's Kill a Priest's most famous track. I think the importance of Jizza's liquid sword still holds influential over hip-hop heads, and proves that rap did indeed rely on lyrics to tell a story and engaging enough to provide multiple listens. What keeps me invested as rappers as poets, as Byron was to his peers, Jizza's liquid swords is a mashup of culture trapped within sound can take listeners on a new journey. While I only mention one relation between rappers and poets, rap, in the 90s, is personified in how technique and voice match the way the rhymes and poems do help create genuine authentic pieces of art. This is a must-own for anyone who wants to investigate rap as an art form, and the Wu-Tang Clan took rap to places the next generation can't go. Louis Bruno is the author of more than 15 books, including, The Michael Project, The Michael Project, Book 2, The Lost Children of Eve, Thy Kingdom Come, The Disintegrating Bloodline, Apocalypse Soldier, Hierarchy of Dwindling Sheep. His books can be found on Amazon, Barnes, and Noble, and Lulu. He can be found on Gab, https colon slash slash gab.com slash Bruno, mines https colon slash slash www.mines.com slash lbruno8063 slash, and parlors colon slash slash parlor.com slash profile slash Bruno slash posts. Instagram at lbruno8063 and at luisbrunofficialbook. He has written for the intellectual conservative and FMR. Also, he writes on https colon slash slash luisbruno.substack.com, where you can support him directly. His latest, Come Home, Num 1, a dark fantasy novel is out now at lulu.com. Link is here, https colon slash slash www.lulu.com slash n slash a slash shop slash Louis Bruno slash come home young one slash hardcover slash product pwaq7z.html. Page equals 1 and page size equals 4. His next series, City of Sand, will be available sometime this year.